On this episode of the Autumn Windbags, Josh McDaniels is asked about young versus old quarterbacks. Will Mark Davis give Josh McDaniels time to develop a quarterback? Will Josh Jacobs be franchise tagged? And what if Jared Stidham was the week one starting quarterback? And we love when you subscribe, rate, and comment on whatever platform you're listening on. All right, here we go. I got a dream of winning a Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in a Pro Bowl. I'm really not into dreams anymore, okay? I'm into nightmares. Caught! Touchdown! Raiders! You're listening to the Autumn Windbags, an audio attack from the Silver and Black. Here are your windbags, RJ Clifford and Juan Soto. Yeah, it is another episode of the Autumn Windbags, RJ Clifford, Juan Soto. Let's have some fun today. We're twinning today a little bit. Gray hat. Cold as shit outside. It is. It just started raining again. Recording one day earlier, Tuesday night. I'll be uh, I'll be traveling Wednesday night, so y'all lucky motherfuckers get us a day early. For reason, it's cold. It is cold a day early. It's always fun when Southern California boys bitch about the cold. You're like, oh man, it's in the low fifties and scattered showers. I don't know how human beings survive in this weather. And there's like a third of the nation's under like ten feet of snow. And we're the ones bitching. I said this in the last video. I put it up. That's one of my big peeves when I say how cold I am and someone's like, you're not cold. Imagine if you were here, you being in colder weather does not make me warmer. It doesn't make me yeah. feel warmer. So I, it doesn't, you're just save it. I'm, I'm fucking freezing right now. I pay these property taxes to not be cold. I've earned the right not to be cold. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so the NFL combine underway. So and our question of the day what is your best NFL combine test? Put it down in the comment section. Very curious how you guys would do if you did the NFL combine. If you need a quick refresher, the events are 40-yard dash, bench press, 225 pounds, how many times you can do it, vertical jump, broad jump, 20-yard drill, three-cone drill, 60-yard shuttle, position-specific drills, interviews. These teams allowed 60 interviews in 15 minutes. Imagine interviewing 60 guys. Physical and injury evaluations, drug screening, Cybex test, and Wonderlick test. So, yeah. where where do you thrive? Uh, if you had to do the NFL Combine right now, where do you score the highest? I would score positive on all the drug tests, the drug screening. Yeah. I would score positive on all those. Remember, um, like, they, remember the uh, the episode of The Office when the fat guy they think he has cancer, and so he gets the call, and they're like. He's like, it's negative. And Michael Scott's like, oh God, we got this. We can totally, we're gonna we're gonna fight through this. He's like, no, negative's good. It means I don't have <laughs> that would be that would be your positive test. You're like, yeah, so, he's positive. Like motherfucker parties. There's a uh, there's a story about the WWF when they had random drug testing, and it was about the Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, the Iron Sheik freaking popped for cocaine, right? He's like, uh, Sheik, uh, sh- I need to talk to you for a second. Uh, yes, Mr. McMahon, how can I help you? He's like, yeah, your uh, your cocaine test uh, came back positive. Oh, excellent, excellent, yes. Uh, no, no, Sheik, that, that's bad. Oh, uh, did, did Jake the snake come out positive? No, no, Jake came out negative. Uh, what about the JYD, the Chunkyard Dog? No, no, he was negative as well. Just outing everybody. He's like, uh, what about Don Morocco? He's like, no, Don Morocco was negative as well. 
But Mr. McMahon, I don't understand. They were all with me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> totally knocked people out without meaning to. Your uh, your Iron Sheik is awful. <laughs> you sound that's like a Mexican cleaning lady. Normally, that's how he talks. <laughs> yeah, but um, so pro- realistically, my best event would be the bench press. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Strength is the last thing to go. Dude, I've seen Rocky Balboa. I've heard, I, you know, how he coached him. Strength's the last thing to go. Be a power puncher when you get old. I was, I was at a, a friend's, a friend of ours' house, um, and we were, you know, partaking in a little herbal refreshment and a little, little, little bit of some alcohol. Mm-hmm. And we were watching this something on TV, and this guy's like, "Yeah, I bench two hundred eighty-five pounds," and I was like, "I can do that right now," like severely impaired. And they're like, let's do it. Let's set up the bench press in the garage. Mm-hmm. And they videoed me, and I did it rather easily. Yeah. And uh, not to toot my own horn, but not me. It, it, it was what it was. You could ask the guy. It was pretty easy. And um, yeah, I can. I can still move some weight around per- pretty good. The only one that I think I could do that won't end an in injury is the interview. Like, let me just bullshit my way into it. If I try a 40-yard dash right now, I may pull a hammy. That if I bench awful. press 225, I'm shredding my pecs apart. Three-cone drill, ACL that sounds, destroyed. That sounds awful. Like, Six, 60 yard show, 60 yards. That doesn't make any sense. And changing directions, too. Like, why would I want to do that? So you mean, like, the two plays a season where you may end up doing, like, a 60-yard scanter? Like, It just sounds awful. That sounds terrible. That's just like a war of attrition. That's just like a mental test. That's just, do all that uh, shit. How fast can my Achilles snap? Yeah. I'll throw out my back. I'm running and I'm stopping while I'm touching, bending down to touch a cone. That just sounds like I'm tearing everything in my lower back. That really is just like an attrition test. Like, can you focus to do this drill and not have any tendons blow up? It just sounds awful. I, I am very good at the broad jump, though. Jumping broads, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Jumping, uh, Cause you're chasing them. Cause they're running away from you. Listen, or jumping over one broad to get to the other broad. It's all consensual. <laughs> That's a legally binding contract. It's, consensual. it's all consensual. <laughs> what was that uh, quagmire line? He's like, you hear that? That's consent. Like, oh, what did, what did he say? It was, I don't oh, remember. God damn it. It was great. I got to look it up. Let us know in the comment section, please. <sighs> what was that? What was that quagmire line? Like you hear that? That's legally consent. Anyway, what is your best NFL combine test? Very curious. If you guys did it, where would you score the highest on? Let us know. We're all old dudes here. So uh, my favorite part of the NFL combine, I'm not there watching guards run 40s. I'm not there. Like it's, I don't need that shit, right? Some of the info, cool. Someone blows me away with a 40 time or something interesting. Okay. Mostly I'm there to see who scores the lowest in the one in the Wonderlick, just to like make fun of them. That's always fun. You know, really what I like about the combine is that it gets all the coaches, GMs, scouts, a lot of owners, decision makers, all under one roof, all in one city doing interviews, talking to each other, all that stuff. That's what I love about the combine. It is a content factory. A lot and of stuff coming out. It's beautiful. Um, and hopefully McDaniels and Ziegler are finding us a quarterback, finding us some defensemen, like doing their jobs out there because 
That's that's what I like about the combine. Not so much like, oh, I'm sitting there with a stopwatch to make sure this, you know, the safety's 40 times below 4-7. It's, are you meeting with agents to make this team, you know, fill the multiple holes that the Raiders have on this roster? Uh, so Josh McDaniels was making the media rounds, did a lot of them, and he went to uh, my boss, went with uh, my parent channel at SiriusXM, NFL Radio. Um. And he touched on something that we've been debating a very long time, Soto, and what we hope he does. But will he do it? Here's what he had to say. Do you think you're better uh, better suited to take a young guy that you can personally groom? Because we know, I know how good you are at doing that. Yeah. Or take a veteran guy who you have to translate everything to him yeah. in a hurry. We're going to keep, uh, honestly, both avenues or options. Um, and where, with where we're at now, um, you know, really, we only have Chase Garbers under under contract going forward, and Chase has obviously never played in an NFL game. So um, there's going to be some additions at that position, um, and I would imagine, Charlie, it'd be both avenues that we go down to try to go ahead and uh, put some competition in that room. But there's no doubt in my mind that the long-term plan here is uh, to have a young player um, that we can eventually develop and, and is going to be a, a Raider for a long time. Soto, your thoughts? I see why he wears a freaking visor. That's a brutal forehead. <laughs> that forehead is, it's its a big forehead. The five head? It's got to be bad if you're bald. But the thing is, is he has a full head of hair. It's just his hairline starts and he has got an extra head. Does he have, is he have the bald spot in the back? I don't remember. I don't think so. Okay. Cause you Cause would that's see rare. The that's a rare, like huge forehead and then thick hair on top. Whew. I could have, I, I was like the white whale of heads. I was distracted. Yeah. yeah. So about what he said, <laughs> what's um, your biggest takeaway? He's like, ah, oh, that forehead is big. Works. That forehead is a four <laughs> by forehead. Okay. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I'm very, I'm 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 relieved that he's thinking long term because we mm. haven't had that in a long time. We've had uh, just quick fixes, and that's that's John Gruden's style. He likes to you know get a lot of veterans, and he doesn't really like to he doesn't really like rookies. He doesn't like playing. Doesn't like talking to them or having them around him. Like grinders. Yeah, he likes grinders. Just the grinders. Well, yeah, we need to build for the future. We need to do what we can to win now, but we also need to look at building long-term and he is good at working with young quarterbacks. He has, you know, worked with younger quarterbacks and, you know, he had new England made a, a, a killing drafting young quarterbacks, develop, developing them, showcasing them in games and getting, you know, compensation for them. Mm. So, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited and I'm encouraged by, uh, you know, the fact that he's actively pursuing a younger quarterback to groom. Yeah, and he also brought up that he's open to all avenues. It was it was a little bit of a nothing answer, right? I mean, it's just kind of like what you expect. Like every single NFL franchise wants a young franchise quarterback that's going to be your quarterback for 10, 12 years, right? Like that's what mm -hmm. that's the everyone wants that. Great. Um, he's not gonna pigeonhole himself where it's like we're going young and that's it, or we're going veteran and that's it. He's like, we'll go down both avenues and we'll see whatever's available. So he's kind of leaving everything open. Um I'm with you in that, not just this interview, but in almost, I, I listened to probably seven Josh McDaniels interviews that he's done in the last day or two. Yeah, he went to and, a car wash. And he's, sure. and he's reiterated almost verbatim the same thing. The only quarterback we have on the roster is Chase Garbers. We want a lot of competition in the room, and we want a young quarterback that's going to be 
a franchise quarterback. Like I'm paraphrasing. That's basically what he's been saying forever. Um, but it, it, again, he's keeping his cards close to his vest, which he should, but it sounds to me like what we've been talking about is what he plans to do. Garbers, Stidham, and like a high, like a high drafted rookie. It's it, that sounds like the plan. Garbers, while he's already on the roster, whatever. Stidham, uh, fifth year player. He'll be a fifth year player this year, right? Fifth year. He'll be a fifth, 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 fifth year, year player, right? Fifth four, year player knows four, four the system. Year, four years playing. Four years playing. He didn't play really. He was, he was injured, on the roster the last surgery, right? four weeks. Yeah, but he didn't do anything. Yeah, you know, played played. You know, started two games this season. You know, but knows the system and and showed some flashes. And then roll the dice on who we think is who's going to be our quarterback, right? Whether we trade up, use our seventh pick, trade down, use a second rounder, hook head and hooker or something like that, whatever. Like that sounds like that's the plan to me, Soto. Yeah, and it makes sense. Um, you have players that you're comfortable with. I'm sure he's chum- comfortable with Chase Garbers, or he wouldn't have him around. Mm-hmm. If we bring Stidham back, he's comfortable that he can get the job done. So he would have brought him back, and we see what the rookie has, right? Uh, if, if indeed he, I, I, I'm pretty sure, um, we're going to get a rookie. We're going to, we're going to draft somebody. Uh, um, if not in the first round, we're going to draft them high within the first three rounds. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the way to go. And, um, you know, just have them duke it out. I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's just smart. You know, it's smart. You don't want it to go the indie route. Uh, where you you know you're just, you're just recycling one washed up you know veteran after another, yeah. Uh, you know if you want to uh, if you want this thing this is the thing I've been talking about for a long time. If you want to build sustained success, not just you know a, a, a flash in the pan here and there, you have to build around someone that you can groom and you can really indoctrinate into your system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not the uh, the Rams that are like one quarterback away from the Super Bowl, right? And they won the Super Bowl. We're not the Bucks that are a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl, right? Because because that, that is a recipe for success, right? Two of the last three Super Bowls were won by you know first year veteran coaches. Like if you have the right situation, the right coach, the right roster, like if you're one quarterback away, then you're yeah. one quarterback away. Like this defense, not that. Not that. O line, not that. Right. Well, thing um, is, you have to, before we go on with that, you have to take a look at the years leading up. So let's look at the years before they got golf. The Rams were terrible, terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah before they well, no, before they had golf because they still had a good team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just kind of switched. So before they had golf, they were god awful, mm. uh, and they went through that process where we're, let's build a team around, um, you know what we're what we're what we want, right? And, and then we'll get the quarterback later. Uh, well, they got Sean yeah. McVay, which was obviously the big turnaround, right? Like that was one of them. But this, they still had a very he didn't. Sean McVay had nothing to do with the defense. The defense was still freaking lights out, right? Uh, but you know the same thing with uh, with Tampa. They had a great roster. It's just the quarterback was inconsistent, and they, but they built that. They were terrible. That's why they had the first pick in the draft because they were awful. And they built the team, and you know they did it with the quarterback, but the quarterback never really busted through. Same, similar with what's going on with the Jets right now. They have a good roster of young, talented players. They just need that quarterback. We never went through that process yeah. of, okay, we're bad. We just got to build this team up around a quarterback. 
we can do it similar to what let's say the Bucks are or or doing uh, or Bucks did with Jameis Win, uh, Winston and what uh, the Jets wanted to do with um, what's the Milford Zach Wilson his name Zach Wilson dude Zach Wilson that's gonna go down as such a bad pick man like that God, Jets, damn, there were so Jets many roster. freaking players he could, if they would have picked anyone other than him the other guys can play he can if they if they would have just like traded that second overall pick for like trade down and give us like Jacoby Brissett, like just like, you know, just like an average quarterback. God, dude, look, I know we talked about playoff team. I know we talked about Jacoby Brissett. He is a decent average, maybe slightly below average quarterback with a shit reputation with a shit rep, but dude, he can play. He, if with that roster, he can win a lot of games. I'm telling you, man, you will never, ever escape your draft spot ever. You'll never escape it. Like think of all the like shit players who get chance after chance, after chance, after chance, because they're a first round pick. Like you will get every chance possible because you're a first round pick. Think of, yeah. Like think of like the sixth, seventh, you know, roster or uh, like draft picks that like you have to prove yourself four seasons in a row before they're like sold on you. Like you'll never, ever escape your draft position for good or bad. So the question now moving forward that we've been asking for a while is will Josh McDaniels and to an extent, Dave Ziegler survive a potential rough development period for a young quarterback. Very, very rare that a rookie quarterback grabs it by the balls and go goes like very rare. Trevor Lawrence can do it. Um, like there's just so many, like very, very rare that a rookie quarterback's like, okay, I proved myself year one. He's good. He can take us to the promised land. Extremely rare, right? And so after the season that the Raiders have just had going, you know, six and 11, that's what we were talking about. And we were both concerned about Soto is that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are going to go veteran quarterback, try to win now, just try to get eight, nine wins. So you don't get fired, right? That's, and I understand why they would. Right? Like it's your job. Like you're gonna do like every every human being is motivated by basically the same thing. I don't want to lose my job. And I wish I had uh the journalist who asked Josh McDaniels this question so I can I can credit him. I, I apologize if you know who it is, please let us know. Um, but in a scrum that Josh McDaniels did, he was asked this question that we've been asking for months. Will Mark Davis give you time to develop a young quarterback? Yeah, look, I, like I said, I'm going to go into it with a, the right mentality. Um, you know, I came here with the opportunity, um, you know, with Dave to, to try to build this thing in our vision. And um, I didn't look at it as a as a one to two year project, you know, and uh, we're going to try to continue to, to do the right things every step of the way. So uh, he's definitely pitching the idea that Mark Davis has given him that opportunity. He's saying that that was his goal the entire time, which we can debate whether we think that's true or not. Cause it feels like they went all in last season and it didn't pan out. We can have, you know, we've had that discussion on why a million times, but it sounds, it sounds like it doesn't sound like he's a hundred percent confident that that's the case, but it sounds like that's what he's been given some minor assurances. What's your read on it? Um, yeah, I think the first year they tried to play both sides of the fence. They said, okay, let's build, but let's also try to win and see if we can keep the magic going, right? 
And now it's like, okay, well, yeah, this roster was what we thought, especially defensively, devoid of, you know, talent at most positions. Let's, you know, let's build it the right way. And I think that's really all you can do. They would have got, especially McDaniels, especially after what happened in Denver, he would have gotten absolutely killed, even more so than he is now, if he would have done the same thing coming into a team that just made the playoffs. They had Mm -hmm. to try to win, even if they knew, okay, yeah, man, yeah, it's a little smoke and mirrors, you know, it's like, uh, but the optics would be awful if they came in and tore it down and they they won six games with, you know, no talent, not even trying to win. So they had to at least try. They, they didn't handicap themselves for a long time down the road, right? He didn't, he didn't have the John Gruden, like, do whatever you want. Like, trade away Khalil Mack, trade away Amari Cooper. Yeah, before the first snap. Rip everything he, down. He, he gave away two of the last three-year freaking, you know, first-round picks. Mm-hmm. So, um, look, wherever, whatever happened, we're, we're here now, and what they're saying, which is Mick Ziegler, what they're saying is, Let's build this the right way. Let's build this nice and slow through the draft. We're not going to try to build through free agency. We're going to fill holes through free agency, but that you know we, we want to build through the draft. So, um, we we heard we heard Ziegler say he doesn't want to make decisions with his job in mind. He wants to do what he thinks is what he thinks is right, um, which is refreshing to hear. Um, and I think you know Josh McDaniels echoes that. It was definitely a pivot because they definitely tried to win big this last season. They obviously invested all in this season, right? Trading away first and second rounder for Devontae, you know, big sign with Chandler Jones, older veteran. They definitely tried to win this last season and didn't pan out. So now they're pivoting, which is the right move. It is a correct move, but it's kind of like you're making a great shot out of the bunker, right? Like, all right. You're like, you're off, you know, you're driving and you go into the bunker. You're like, shit, that was a bad move. It's like, all right, I got this great strategy to get us out of the bunker, right? I can get us to the green from the sand pit, right? That's kind of what it feels like. It's like, all right, bad drive. Really? We, we completely missed the green, right? Sit, we're in the rough, bad, six wins. But here's our strategy to get out of it. So that leads us back to what Mark, like, that's the correct decision, that leads us back to what's Mark's, Mark's what's Mark Davis's patience for that. It's like, all right, we're in the rough. All right. You better get us on that green in the next stroke mm-hmm. or you're potentially gone. Or is he saying, look, I'm here for all 18 holes. I don't care about this one last hole. Um, it's hard to know with Mark Davis because he's just so, so impulsive. He's been through multiple coaches. So I mean, that's honestly, I feel like the best thing Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler have going for them is that there's been so much coach turnover that Mark Davis is probably just like, God, just, just, just here's four years to try to figure it out, please. Like I'm sick of doing these coaching searches. I hate doing interviews. Just fucking figure it out, please. I mean, look, show, show me when he's been impulsive. He tried to get John Gruden for years, every single year for years. He tried to get John Gruden. So that wasn't an, an impulse decision. He just, you know, he had it with Del Rio because of the collapse mm-hmm. in 17 and the way the locker room was. And he was finally able to pry him away from the booth and and he had to give him a lot to do it. Was that an mm-hmm. impulsive decision? I don't know, man. We heard, for, we heard from everybody that he was trying to get John Gruden for years. 
Okay. So, so my, my answer to that question would be Jack Del Rio had one of the best head coaching records of the last like 20 years with the Raiders, right? Like, yeah, 2017 bad season, but he had a great record compared to the rest of the guys. So it's like, okay, one not good season. And I'm kicking to the curb. Well, we have to take a look at too, is the stuff that we were hearing about the locker room. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you sure. know, you know, Del Rio coming up, coming out with some comments last season, you know, maybe we're a little bit insensitive uh, and it could have played a part in that. I don't know for sure, but um, we don't know what happened. I do know that him wanting to hire Gruden was not impulsive. Him being able to get Gruden and be like, look, man, this shit went sideways. What is it going to take? Give me total control. Okay, you got it. Yeah. Now that's yeah, totally maybe, illegal. That's completely maybe, illegal. Like you can't maybe, do that. Maybe maybe impulsive is the wrong answer, but emotional with his decisions. You know, hey, I'm John Gruden. Is, I want everything. I want a ten year, hundred million dollar contract and GM powers. I think I think that he gets painted with that brush unfairly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and I, I can kind of kind of feel where he's coming from because it's almost like what's, what's going on with me right now where I'm preaching, preaching patience with Mick Ziegler and everyone was like, well, yeah, you wanted to get rid of car, man. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. The problem is we didn't start doing this podcast until year seven of car up until mm-hmm. the end of year six. I was all about car until we saw a second collapse 17 and then then 19 and 19, I was like, okay, we got to get rid of it. So all anyone knows of me is that I wanted to move on from Derek Carr. When in fact, I was being patient and I was doing the same thing. So I think that maybe that one decision painted him with the brush of being impulsive or being, you know, changing his mind on a, on a whim where on, I, I don't think that's the case. I, it only, it took you 25 minutes to bring up car in a non-car conversation. I think that's the record. I think it's the longest. It wasn't, it, it, again, I'm not shitting on the guy. I'm, I'm using it as an example of why I, know, I I'm just saying where he's you know what I'm saying. From. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking. I wasn't even thinking car. I feel like, you know, nine years as your quarterback's not impulsive at all. Like to, to make a decision, like you can argue whether it's correct or not. We can have that conversation, but it's not, I don't think it's impulsive. Right. Especially, especially considering how the contract was made. Right. You owe this guy $40 million next year. Like that's not an impulsive decision. That's an economic decision, right? Well, yeah, and and you do, and you, and if, if you're moving forward with the regime that you've hired, and you're moving on from your long-term quarterback, I mean, that's got to be a vote of confidence for you, the regime. Like, okay, guys, you if you think this is the right thing to do, go ahead and do it. Do you think there's any of the like how Hackett went to the Broncos because they wanted. Um, Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm-hmm. Like Nathaniel Hackett, it's pretty clear as day, right? Nathaniel Hackett got that head coaching job in Denver because they're trying to get Aaron Rodgers, right? I think that's pretty clear. Is there any part of that that you feel is like what Mark Davis was doing with this McZiegler situation to get Tom Brady? Because right? we know Mark Davis really wants Tom Brady. Like Mark Davis is a star fucker, for, good or, for better or for worse. Mm-hmm. He loves his stars. Um, he's trying to sell tickets. He's trying he to sure sell stars in that booth. Woo. He's got some very flexible stars in that booth. And I can't wait till next season. We start shooting that owner's booth. God, and whoever man. our quarterback is starting to clean things up a little bit. 
But I wonder if that's part of it as well, where maybe Mark, maybe Mark Davis, maybe Josh McDaniels lost a little bit of breathing room because he didn't get Tom Brady. You know how much Mark Davis wanted him. Yeah. The thing is, is like he had to, he did it a, a year ahead of time. You know, it's like yeah. it wasn't exactly the same thing because they hired Hackett to get uh, Rogers right then That's and there. It. Yeah, well, so a year ahead of time because because John possible. Gruden got John Gruden got camp right. Like he was, I don't. It was he was kind of he was kind of pigeonholed in that situation. He's like, all right, we either keep Bisacci or we hire somebody else, right? And so I, I would think that it would be more of a possibility if Josh McDaniels wasn't so sought after as a head coach already. I don't yeah. think anyone was clamoring at the door for fucking Hackett. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I mean, it's possible. Anything is possible. I see that. I see where you can connect the dots there. It's just a lot, a lot of teams wanted Josh McDaniels. Yeah. So QB one is completely up for grabs next season. Could yeah. be anybody. There's a really only one guaranteed quarterback that we're going to have on the roster, and that's Chase Garbers because he's under contract. And it's I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I have no idea what the fucker looks like. I I only know him because he's from my neck of the woods. He played. He was in Newport Beach, and I kind of like I kind of sort of like followed him a little bit. Went to Cal, played in the Pac-12. Only reason like oh a Pac-12 quarterback to the Raiders, cool. Played a little preseason, whatever. Right, you saw him in the preseason a little bit, like you know. There was I don't remember him. Um, honestly, I, what I remember in the preseason was Stidham starting, and then we had Beat Hard and uh, the other guy, Bethard, and uh, who, who was the third guy that we had? Honestly, ninety percent of what I remember from the preseason is Josh Jacobs starting. I was like, "What in the fuck?" He's watching him getting super pissed. First game, uh, just getting super pissed, and then has a career season. Can we do that again? Can we have Josh Jacobs? Hey man, play you can, shit, you can shit on JMD all you want, but that shit worked. <laughs> I'm telling you, no, no, no. I'm saying whatever, like every, literally everything we did with Josh Jacobs this season, just do it again next season, like exactly the same thing. Um, awesome. Who was the third, the third, um, the third quarterback? It wasn't Garbers. It was two veterans. It was Bethard and another one. Couldn't tell you. Yeah, me either. Sorry. Couldn't tell you. Uh, I'm not wasting my brain cells on that shit, but Jared Stidham. I think we both, we both agreed. There's probably a 90% chance he's on the roster yeah. next season. Um, he didn't play. He played well enough. We're like, Hey, let's keep him in the room. Let's keep him in the building. He knows the system. Uh, two games flashed a little bit. Like, okay. The team okay, responded cool. well to him. Yeah. So, yeah. Like he seemed like, like, okay, this is, this is a football player. I want as a Raider. I want the, I want the silver and black on his back. But he didn't play so well where any of the other 31 teams are like, oh, that's our starter. Yeah. Let's let's throw 30 million at him. Let's get him. Like he didn't play that well, didn't play enough, right? So it's the perfect combination of you played well with us where we want you back, but not so well that we're going to have to really go to the negotiation table and like really fight for you, right? Yeah. So it's like the perfect, like the perfect amount to keep him as a Raider. Um, I think we both kind of agree, like, let's get a great guy and have him be our backup. Right, right way yeah. to go. I mean, look, a super small sample size. What you had one drive against New Orleans, and you had two games against two teams that were in the conference championship. Mm-hmm. So, um, because of that, yeah, he looked good. You know, he looked good in spurts. But if if he is the number one quarterback coming into next season, I think it's because he got you know he showed enough 
getting first team snaps. Like he's never really had that before. He has backup snaps because he's never really been in in the running to be a starter. He's in a he's in a no win situation. It's tough. So like the, it's, no spot. So, the, so the big question is like, how would you feel if Jared Stidham is the starter week one next season? Right. What What are your emotions? How are you feeling? What, like, what do you think? And it, it, it's, it depends it's, on the situation, man. It's it's it's, it's hard to answer because like there's no me, there's no good answer. There's no way where Stidham comes out looking good. Now, obviously, he can play his way out of it, right? If he starts and wins, Raider Nation will get behind him, right? No question about it, right? But if he's there, something went wrong. Either he and what we, I think what we I think what we both want is we necessarily. Yes, I think so. Well, okay. This, Dude, this look, is what we, I think. Let's say, let's, let's say, for example, we draft uh, uh, Anthony Richardson. TJ Stroud. Anthony Richardson. Whoever, whoever. We draft somebody. One of the big four. And he's playing well, but he's just, he hasn't mastered the system quite enough to be able to start in the NFL yet. And Stidham has started in the NFL, even though it was a couple times, but he's more ready at that time. That doesn't mean that the other guy cannot be ready in the middle of the season after the bye or whatever. So it, it is, there is a lot of, it's a tough qu- a question to answer because it doesn't mean that Stidham is, is playing poorly. It's just, he's, you know, the most ready. I don't know. Or maybe he, I mean, you can't well, and, and, and again, like no matter how well Stidham does, it's a no win situation week one. Now, again, he goes three and oh playing great. Then we all do one eighties. We're like team fucking Stidham. I'm getting a Jersey, like the whole nine yards. Right. Like if he does, you know, like a Brock Purdy, like we're all on board. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we like, bef- like the day before Sunday afternoon, week one, Josh McDaniel says, Jared Stidham's our starter. The only feelings we'll have will be disappointment, anger, and sadness because it either means we didn't make any effort to get somebody better. And he's just like, all right, he's our starter. And that's it. We're like, fuck, you couldn't, all this talk about getting your next quarterback and you didn't, or like you said, we draft a Stroud or Richardson or whatever, like one of the guys and they're not ready week one. Now it could be the correct, like it, I'm not saying it's the bad coaching or bad personnel decision to have Stidham start while the rookie gets ready. I'm not saying that I'm saying perception wise, where if you're drafting the top seven as a quarterback, these days you are expected to start week one. That's just how it is. Right, I mean, right, Herbert right or wrong. Didn't start week one. Josh Allen most guys didn't start do week though. one. Most most guys do though. Yeah, most it, guys it, it all depends on it. It just depends, man. I mean, Tyrod Taylor was there both times. He was there with the Bills mm-hmm. with Josh Allen and with the Chargers with uh, with uh, Herbert. But yeah. I mean, it all depends and, because and, it and is I'm not, not saying again. I'm not saying it's a long-term failure. I'm not saying it's a bad personnel decision. I'm not saying it's doom and gloom. I'm saying it's going to feel like our high-drafted rookie quarterback may have been a mistake. I, I don't at that moment, so. I don't, at I don't, that I don't, moment, I think so. I don't feel that way because we know what a, a hard system and an intricate system uh, Josh McDaniels runs. I don't, I don't, I don't see that being a negative. To, to make a quarterback sit for a little bit and learn and get used to the speed of the game and the processing of the game uh, from the sidelines. I just, I don't, I don't well, see that being a bad thing. The flip side to that is I would argue that the best way to learn is by playing. 
So even if, even if he is behind, you also don't want to get him beat up either, man. Like that's I, I get a, that's such saying. a myth, though. Like that's like how many court, how many rookie quarterbacks got so beat up because they didn't know what they were doing that they never amounted to who they were supposed to be. Like that's such a tiny. Well, we thing. don't we don't know what they were supposed to be. That's the thing. Well, then how many of them got so like physically beat up? Like what? Like well, you're the one that said it. You're the you don't, you don't want you said you don't want a young quarterback getting beat up because he's not ready. Like well, what young quarterbacks got beat up because they weren't ready? I think they all got beat up. I mean, I think you you learn you learn more from playing than anything else. Yeah, but if you if you don't have a, a enough of a grasp of the offense, how do you grasp more of the offense? By you know, practice reps, mental reps. If, and if, playing, if, right? Yeah, well, there's that's a part of it. It's not all of it, though. I just I just don't agree with the the word disappointment. That it would be a disappointment if Stidham was the starter week one, because we don't know what the plan is. We don't know who's the next in line. Now, if we didn't draft a quarterback or we got a quarterback in like the sixth or seventh round or whatever, and Stidham is the guy, okay, that's a disappointment. But yeah. th there is a possibility where Stidham could be a quarterback week one and it not be a disappointment because there is that future plan to groom this quarterback for the long term, which would be- If we get one of the big four, Right, like, the, like the, basically, you know, the four quarter. Was it Stroud, Levis, Richardson, and um, um, who's the fourth? Who's the fourth Bryce, one could go in the top seven? Um, Bryce Young. Young, right, right. If we get one of those four, they're pretty much expected to start week one, or I, I would expect them to. The the what the situation where that doesn't happen that I could make that I think could make sense if we get like a Hendon Hooker in like late two. You know, like, okay, coming off of injury, second round guy, let him develop, understood him for a while. Something like that, I feel like would make more. That would be the, that would be the least disappointed I would be to have Stidham be the starting quarterback week one. It's like, okay, we, we purposely drafted a project. Like this guy is exactly a project. Like round two after injury, this was the plan all along. Otherwise, if you get like a, you know, if we trade up to three or four or like whatever it may be, it's like these days they're expected to start. And I, I would, ex I would expect them to get in there right away and, and prove what they can do and learn day one, right in the thick of it. So Marcus Johnson, our guest last week, he tweeted today, the, he said that um, McDaniel's system is primarily uh, intermediate routes, 10 to 20 yards. Mm -hmm. And the quarterback in college to have he was the second most accurate in throws 10 to 20 yards in the draft right now. It's Anthony Richardson behind Bryce Young. Mm -hmm. So cross your fingers. I do like him. Is that who you want? Yeah. Out of anybody? Yeah. Let's say we had the first first overall pick. Are you going Richardson? No. I trade back and draft Richardson later. Back to like what? Where are you comfortable to be able to get him? Uh, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere ahead of the Falcons. Okay, I think the Falcons are going to be the one that because they have a they have a core of big targets, young big targets, um, and uh, it's like that, you at the singles bar, oof. young big targets. Bro, mm. I'm telling you, I've taken down some freaking whales in my day. I'm Literally, like Atlanta bars. Some young big targets, bro. You thrive in Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta is like seriously. It's like six to one chicks to dudes. It's crazy. Yeah. 
any any place that's from a um like farming or rural area in the city that's in the middle of it because all all the dudes stay on the ranches and farms and shit and work and all the girls go and go to the city for education job bro look whatever chicago is the same way four to one girls chicago is the same way chicago god damn uh nashville's very similar to that too a lot Mm -hmm. of very friendly women in nashville there's no greater bachelorette party to general population ratio than nashville it's (sighs) it's nuts you go down um what's the main street not bourbon street that's new orleans what's the main dragon in nashville something row right what do they call it whatever it is yeah it's just it's just bachelorette party bachelorette party bachelorette party it is legit awesome. bar, bar, restaurant, bar, 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 restaurant, restaurant, bar, bar, restaurant. It's just and they're all awesome. And they're all great. Yeah. It, yeah, it's so awesome down there. But man, Atlanta, dude, Atlanta was oof. It was crazy. If you're look, if you go to Atlanta and you're somewhat employed and generally washed and you have <laughs> most of your own teeth. You've been You're going to be able ticks? to find somebody pretty, and it's somebody who's educated, <laughs> who's polite, who's got probably a little freak in them. I'm telling you, Atlanta is a like great that. city. I heard uh, Atlanta strip clubs are like Cirque du Soleil. It's just next like, level. They're it's just like they're there for the performance. It's like I'm going to booty clap whilst inverted, and I'm going to pour Cristal out of my butt cheeks yeah. into your mouth. Okay. Give me your top five strip club cities right now, off the top of your head. Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. Oh Vegas, no! Stop! Vegas. Stop! Stop! It's like Vegas it's is night and day, dude. There's Vegas, it's Atlanta, Tampa, Toronto, and uh, Portland. Portland has more strip clubs per capita than any city in America, dude. It's so like Toronto is weird. My aunt lives in Toronto. And she's a lesbian, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so um, when I visited her, it, it dude, these are like top shelf strippers, mm-hmm. and they're all super nice, and they know about sports, and they know about current events, and they just it's it's like they're they're very polite when you want to ask for your dance. Yeah. So it's if it's okay, do you want to have a dance here? I'm like I almost feel bad saying no. Okay, you got me. You got me. Let me get my wallet. It's like going to the ASPCA to pick out a dog, the kennel. Gosh, like, oh, she's looked at me in those puppy dog eyes, and I couldn't say no. Here's 200 bucks. I'll leave with my my wallet. Just give me back what you think I should have. (laughs) Whatever you think you've earned, please take. Well, another guy that uh, may or may not be on the team next season is Josh Jacobs, (laughs) who had just an insane season this last season. Didn't pick up his fifth year option. Y'all know the story. So uh, Dave Ziegler and uh, Josh McDowell have been asked about Josh Jacobs, you know, multiple times. He's kind of given the same answer. Hey, played great for us. We'd love to have him long term. You know, we got to make it work. Got to make have it make sense. Negotiations are ongoing. So an option is a franchise tag. Um, The window to do that is February 21st. To March 7th. We're literally right in the middle of that window. We're recording this uh, February 28th. So in that two-week window, we're, we're right in the middle. Okay. Non-action means action to me. 
Non-action means they're negotiating because they know this window's coming up, right? There wasn't mm -hmm. no surprise. Like, mm -hmm. they know when the, you know, when the window is. And if they were going to do it, there's a good, like, teams have already started doing it, right? So they, they were going to do it. We, if they're really excited about it, knew what they're going to do, there's a good chance those wheels would have been turning right now. So we're going to assume, and I think rightfully so, negotiations are pending. Uh, Jacobs tweeted this out uh, the 24th, so a few days ago. It got to make sense for me. So not angry, not begging to stay, not giving the double bird. It's that, that definitely sounds like you got the first contract offer from the Raiders. And now you're just kind of shrugging like, yeah, it's got to make better sense than that. Mm -hmm. Not I, angry, which is good. Like if it was like, yeah, if it was like an insulting amount, I feel like this tweet would have been different. I mean, I'll, I've also heard a report that he said that he wouldn't mind being franchise tagged if he was let in on the what the plan was. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think that ten million dollars for one season as a running back in twenty twenty three is a guy coming off of a freaking you know rushing title. Yeah, that's pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. So I just. He's going to get franchise tagged, dude. I mean, let's just be honest. Here. He's going to get franchise tagged with with the way that the, t the 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 team can franchise tag him twice. Yeah. You know, and 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 still um and still be able to sign him long term. Um I he I don't He seems like a guy that when it's a contract year and the fire's on his ass, he plays lights out. And so repeating that exact same scenario. It's like, all right, let's do potentially another contract year, but this time you're making 10 and a half million dollars and you've already gotten like, he'll forever be an all pro. He'll forever be an NFL rushing leader. Like he'll, that is a, that is, that is a, an achievement that is stapled to every job interview for the rest of his career. Right. He's, he's rushing got champ. that in the bat, right. Yep. It'll never. And it was, we talked about it before. It was a hard rushing title, 900 yards after contact. Yeah, this, this isn't like the Shanahan Broncos years where the offensive lineman cheated and you can just throw any Tom, Dick or Harry back there and they're going to rush for 1500 yards like that. This wasn't that. This wasn't it. This wasn't this wasn't the Niners incredible like blocking scheme and, you know, all pro linemen like this wasn't that this was fucking Jacobs just grinding and saying, oh, you're not going to give me a fifth year option. Fuck you. I'm going to go get a rushing title. Right. That's what I'm saying. I think I think we franchise him and let him treat it like just like last season. You are and on then one franchise him again, and and yeah. and then and then let him walk because you're gonna have you you would have had the best season the years of his career already. You'd have the best six years of his career. Uh, I put a uh, poll question on our YouTube. What should the Raiders do with Josh Jacobs? Franchise and keep, franchise and trade, sign him to an expensive long term deal, or let him walk. 63% of you said franchise and keep 20% long-term deal, 11% franchise and trade 6% let them walk. Very rarely do big money running back deals work out. Yeah. Especially towards the end. The best thing you can do. I mean, the, the perfect scenario for us, would have been if we did get the fifth year option and then franchise him twice. That way we got seven years of his best football mm -hmm. and then we walk away. Mm -hmm. But 
As it is now, we'll get six. I think we should franchise them twice. Let them walk. It's a business. We have too many holes. Thanks, Greyhawk. Too many holes in a bunch of areas to be to be spending more money on a skill position, mm-hmm. especially a position like running back. All right, let's do some Raiders news real quick before we get to uh, what up, winbags. Marcel Reese, three-time Pro Bowl fullback. There's something awesome about having a Pro Bowl fullback, just like the muscle of the offense. He ate himself out of a wide receiver spot. He was a wide receiver, and then he hit the training table, and then he became a fullback. He hit the buffet table and became not just a fullback, three-time Pro Bowl. He was good, man. He was a good receiver. He was great. Loved having him. Um, and Mark Davis loved him and basically hired him as his like full-time consul uh consigliere. Like he's just like, all right, I'm gonna pay you to like hang out and give me football advice. Last year, they made it official and they signed him, they promoted him to senior vice president and chief of staff. Congratulations, big deal. We're finding out just today, February 28th, that Marcel Reese has resigned as senior vice president chief of staff now normally this isn't this wouldn't be like big news for us it's like okay like a player that got kind of like i don't want to say a token position i don't want to i don't want to um i don't want to diminish it yeah i want to diminish what he did because i don't know how valuable he was in that front office he could have been awesome could have been there every day could have done a lot of good or he could have just been like mark davis wanted to pay his buddy to hang out which happens in almost every organization i've ever been a part of right I don't know which one it was. The only reason I'm bringing it up is because of so much front office fuckery with the Raiders the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. Multiple presidents fired, the whole thing with the IRS, um, all these issues. And I thought after the Raiders semi-cleaned house the last 12 to 18 months that those worries were behind us. Like, okay, old regime's out, new regime's in, problem solved. So does this make you worry that front office turmoil is still the norm in Las Vegas. Not really. There's really okay. there's a couple ways to look at this. It's like, oh, oh, another high-ranking official or another high-ranking person in the office mm-hmm. dipped like way early, right? Or there's more turnover. Another one is is this another step in Mark Davis pulling away from the things that Al Davis did? How he mm-hmm. grew up learning the business. Just because Marcel Reese took that position in 2020 doesn't mean that he wasn't with the team before that. He was with the team for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it could have it could have been that he was kind of like the square peg with the, with the round holes, right? The other people that brought in were, were, were bringing in people that worked and who contributed a certain way. And Marcel Reese maybe wasn't that because he was a holdover from a long time ago. And um, so that, that's also a possibility too. Where it it could it could come across as something that's very positive, where it's okay, yeah. Uh, Mark Davis did you know give Marcel Reese a chance, but he didn't mesh well with the the direction that this new regime is going as far as the front office. This was one of my guys that I brought in, not one of the guys that the re- new regime brought in, and they didn't really match up as far as maybe contributions or work or capability. Who knows? But it, it, you, you could look at it from two different perspectives. Yeah, it all comes down to what he was contributing or not contributing. That would yeah. be it. I was again like I'm a UFC guy. So if you re- you remember when Chuck Liddell retired, 
the UFC Dana White hired him as like he paid the, the drink and show up to fights. That's it. Fighter relations or something like that. He was basically VP of parting for the UFC. He was <laughs> vice president of parting. It was Dana White saying, "You have sold millions of pay per views for us. You've been an amazing asset. You give us countless incredible fights. Uh, here's six figures a year as a thank you, right?" And then Endeavor. WME buys the UFC that mom pa kind of I do what I want mentality went away because Forrest Griffin got the exact same job but Forrest Griffin was at work every morning at 8 a.m. doing something he's like look I'm on the payroll let's put me to work work. what do you want me to do let me contribute let me start doing stuff Forrest Griffin kept the job Chuck Liddell was like all right uh have the uh the limo pick me up we'll go to the Knights game and I'll drink out of the Stanley Cup and wear a UFC t-shirt right it's like okay Chuck, Dude. you're gone. Forrest, you're staying. I saw, I, I saw, or I, I ran into Chuck Liddell at uh, a PFL that was in Long Beach a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he looked like he was having a good time. Good time. He was not, uh, he, was, he doesn't have bad times. He was working those liver shots for sure. Yeah. He, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't bestowed that vice president of partying. He earned the position. Oh yeah. There was no other choice. President. There was no other choice. So again, Josh McDaniels has been making his rounds um, at the combine and he was asked by Andrew Siciliano about a player that he knows so well that recently retired. Take a listen. Josh, do you believe Tom Brady is retired? I do. I do. And uh, he's a he's a great friend of mine. And uh, I won't go into my conversations with with Tom. Um, Those are private, but um, I think he's at peace. No Um, chance. I think he's at peace. Okay. And I think that, you know, um, you know, we're, we're both at stages of our life where there's other things beyond football that we have to consider. And I certainly think that uh, Tom uh, has been a great father, a great friend, a great player for a long time. And um, I think he's, he's going to do what, what he needs to do right now uh, that's in the best interest of him and his family. Andrew Siciliano loves being dramatic. Like, I, I, I cut out most of the intro because he like waxed poetic for like 30 seconds, but he's like, are you saying right now that Tom Brady He paints a nice yeah. picture, dude. He does. He's like Michelangelo with vocal cords. And he big ears. A little bit. Um, he has bigger ears than I do. I got some freaking flowers. He's got some he's got some monster ears. He's a little guy. So he was at he was at 710 ESPN when I was there in uh-huh. like 2000. Yeah, he's really small. Nine 10, 10, whatever it was, like 13, 14 years ago when I was at 710 ESPN. And we do like your photo shoots for like all the promo stuff. And he came in after us. And I was just like, holy shit, where's the rest of you? Like, yeah. you brought all your ears, but didn't bring the rest of you. See this sucker? Um, Our old coach drained both of my ears and they're all jacked up. <laughs> Look at this one, this one too. Look at it. It's all like. If he, if, if Andrew Siciliano wrestled, oh my God, those ears would be enormous. They would be so cauliflowered. Maybe hanging like this. Maybe satellite dishes. So, uh, so McDaniel's doesn't. So, my question to you is like, if Josh McDaniel's thought that Tom Brady, because I'm not, I'm not completely giving up on the notion that Tom Brady could come back. I mean, he's retired before and came back, right? Like, I'm not. It's not a zero percent chance that he comes back. But if Josh McDaniel's didn't believe that Tom Brady was truly retired, if he thought, okay, like, no, I could, I could see him coming back in the right situation. Would McDaniel say so? I, I definitely think that there's a way to answer that. 
without answering it the way he did now mm-hmm. and still be true to any information that he has. You know, I believe that he's retired, but you know what? He is a really good competitor. He keeps himself in really good shape. Um, the possibility is always there. Um, but right never now, say never I, type I of thing. So. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 right now, I don't think so. But again, he keeps himself in such great shape. He's such a hard worker. He's such a competitor. You just can never rule it out. So that, that, that's a way you can answer it without betraying anyone's trust. I, I think he left the window open slightly when he said, He's at peace multiple times. Like when Siciliano said 0% chance, he said he's at peace, which, and and in fairness to McDaniels, you know, I'm sure they're friends and I'm sure they've talked about it, but is McDaniels like the number one confidant for Tom Brady? Probably not, you know, like Tom Brady's dad or, you know, there's there's probably people in Tom Brady's inner circle. That's closer than Josh. Well, definitely number one in that room. Right. Right. So, Um, but yeah, I think the whole he's at peace is Josh McDaniel saying, okay, I, from where I'm sitting, I can see a guy who's at peace with his decision. Now I thought he was probably at peace with the decision last year when he came back. So I don't think he was at peace last year when he retired because mm-hmm. everything he talked about was what other people wanted. And this is what, what this is for other people mm-hmm. that that's, you know, my family's, uh, you know, uh, sacrificed so much. Now it's my turn and this and that. It's like, he never wanted to retire. He wanted to save his freaking marriage. Now the marriage is gone. He can just sow his wild oats. Oh, I'm like, so freaking jealous. Let the, let the, let the nannies take care of the kids. That, that Ted two uh, scene where they, uh, they pulled up the blanket and they saw his dick and they wanted to get some of his Tom Brady sperm. <laughs> no, you remember that? Oh, I remember. I remember <laughs> the glowing dick. It's like a, <laughs> I've seen plenty of Marky Mark movies where they're jerking off Tom Brady. I, I choose to forget. <laughs> Marky Mark. Ready to do some what up windbacks? Yes, sir. Giovanni Raiders. Damn. I got scared and hard. And Soto <laughs> said, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that. Fear boner. You, you, uh, you did not fear boner. Sure. Here, Soto? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm honored that I was scared somebody so much that they got a fear boner. Yeah. Uh, Instead of scaring them straight, you scared them hard. You scared them hard. Oh God. Yeah. That was I did not funny. plan for our show to have so much homoeroticism, but we can't do a show without some of it. Something. Uh, you know, that was a line that people like when I did my live show, people were like, "Oh, that was hilarious when you said this and this and that." Da, da, da. A lot of people came up and and, and talked about that. Um. I don't know, man. Hard? You know, it's, it's the whole, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let you talk to me like that line. Mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, Tyler C. Uh, he's talking about uh, Josh Jacobs. This was a comment on the poll question I did. Sign him to an incentive-based contract and keep, give anyone money guaranteed. They don't try. Now, obviously every goal is incentive-based, right? Like you wish you can, like, if you can always do that, you would. I think we get stuck in the NFL bubble a lot where owners have more power than in any of the other like big leagues, right? NBA, major league baseball, there's no um, salary cap and then, you know, guaranteed up the wazoo. It's like, yeah, like I think every team would rather do incentive based contracts than, than guaranteed money. Cause then you mitigate all the risk. Like, of course you want to do that. Yeah, it's 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 easy to say, but you can't force someone to sign the contract. Like, there's still another party there that, 
you know, needs to agree to it. So, and there's other parties that are willing to give out guaranteed money, right? Or more guaranteed money. Or more guaranteed money. Yeah. It's not, you know, if it's one-on-one, it's one thing, but you're yeah. not only negotiation, negotiating against one agent, you're negotiating against 31 other teams as well. Yeah. I see what Tyler's coming from. I understand it. Ultimately, it comes down to how much guaranteed money are you comfortable giving the player and for how long? How long are you going to have to stretch this out? And that's why you, a lot of teams have de- dead cap money issues. It all comes down to are you will how much are you willing to let this guy walk? That's what it comes down to. Yeah, right. That's that and is that far, is the old. That's that's, that's the as, ultimate ending, right? As, like as how far, far can you go? Are you willing to let him walk? That's, as far as running back goes, it, it's just not a smart. It's not a smart thing. Our entire offense isn't based off of Josh Jacobs. It's based off of running, but not him specifically. Is it going to take a hit if he does leave? Um, the the probability is very, very high that it does. Um, but again, it's such a uh, it's such a low return on investment when you pay a running back big money. It all comes down to this mathematically, and I'm not. It's this isn't a rhetorical question. It's an actual question. It's what has more value, Josh Jacobs at ten million ten million dollars next season, who, let's say, like that's a hundred percent rushing, right? Like that's the best, like the best of the best, right? Hundred percent, Josh Jacobs, ten million dollars. Mm-hmm. That or Zamir White at eight hundred thousand, whatever he's making next season. Yeah. And 80% production. Like, let's say, you know, for every five yards Josh Jacobs gets, Zamir White would get four. Is that worth it? Is that 10? Is it worth $10 million for an extra 20% production rushing? I'm not saying yes or no. I'm saying you need to think in those terms. That's the question. Yeah. That's that. That's like, and again, is, is the math exactly right? Like it could no. be 50%. It could be 90, but like, like you got to think in those terms. Like, yes, absolutely. Pure football. Sign Josh Jacobs for the next five years, but we have nine million holes on defense. Don't even have a quarterback. Like we yeah. need the money. thing is too, man. It's like even quarter, even running backs that earned their contract, the Christian McCaffrey's, the Zeke Elliott's that earn big contracts. You know they're kind of hit or miss too. I mean, uh, CMC. Stayed, stayed healthy last year. Last year was the first year that he stayed healthy. He missed significant and, and CMC's time. CMC's not on the same team where he signed that deal. Yeah. And Zeke is getting outplayed by rookie? Tony Pollard a rookie or second no, year? No, no. He was just like a third-year guy. Second, okay. third-year guy. But, but but a guy on a rookie contract who's not making anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like. That's the thing, man. Is is I mean, I'm hearing reports that Zeke's shot, that he's, he's done. He's dusted, you know? Yeah. Uh, and even even you look at guys like uh, uh, Derrick Henry, like he proved it before he got his big money, but even he got hurt. Now he came back strong, but it's it's such a hit or miss. It's and it's more often a miss. We're gonna see what happens with Nick Chubb because I think he's he's up for a, a contract or he he just signed his contract right last year. He got it. He got his big contract. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see, man. He he played well again last year. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, it's, it's definitely a hit or miss. I don't want to see him walk. I definitely don't want to see him walk. I would, 
if it was up to me, I'd franchise him twice and tell him to shut up and be happy with it because that's just how I am. Not literally because he'd probably beat the shit out of me. But uh, no, it's it's like, look, if, if it's what's best for the team, that's what's best for the team. I, I, I'm this is what I'm torn about. About your asshole? No, that's tight as shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. What I what I'm torn about is this franchise has been very poor at identifying talent and keeping them. Very poor at it. Whether drafting and free agency, again, new regime, so we can't judge it. But just you know, historically, and again, this this last season of drafting and free agency left a lot to be wanted. But all right, we'll see what the future brings. Mm-hmm. And so when we get good players in the room, in the building, I'm like, cling onto them, white knuckle with both hands. Because mm-hmm. we normally miss and not hit, right? When we swing, mm-hmm. we normally miss, right? If we hit, we get Hunter Renfro. We get Max Crosby. You know, we, we get these guys like Colton Miller, like Josh Jacobs. Like, you keep them because we don't normally land, right? We can't be picky and choosy. Like, oh, well. Let's let Josh Jacobs go because we'll find another great running back just like him. It's like, we don't have a good reputation of doing that. Yeah. That's that's on the one hand. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, everything we've been saying the last five minutes, running backs generally dime a dozen, long-term contracts with running backs. It's rare that the ownership and out. the team yeah. are like, oh yeah, that was a great move. Worth every dime we spent. It's just, I, that's what, that is what I am torn about, Soto. Is yeah, me too. A, a first-team pro bowler, and we're going to let him go when we've been terrible at finding first-team pro bowlers. But are we going to look back on a four-year, $60 million deal with Josh Jacobs and just be like, oh, God, two more years of dead money for a guy that got hurt again every season like he did before? It's tough. Yeah, man. I don't don't envy Ziegler. I don't don't envy Dave Ziegler here. It it had to be that position, right? Mm -hmm. Like the toughest position. But the thing is, is, I mean, to your point, the last first round pick that we extended with for, with a second contract before Colton Miller was Darren McFadden. Mm. So it's been a long time yeah. since we gave a second contract to a first round pick, uh, let alone one back, that is, you know, the best person at his position in the league. Mm-hmm. Funky hair, man. Love you guys, but it's tough when mommy and daddy fight. Seriously. Sometimes you and RJ have disagreements that go a little bit longer than I like. There's a level of entertainment there, but you should work on the flow, in my opinion. Really happy to hear about your long-term plans. Maybe it's time to become a member. So we've been, there will be a membership thing coming up. There will be swag coming up. We're just waiting for the right time. We want to get our subscriber base up to the right place. We want to do it right. We're not going to rush into this kind of stuff. Um, But I will say, like, what you see is just how we are. Like, you'll go, you'll watch some debate radio shows, debate TV shows, a little more scripted, a little more planned out. This is just what you're getting. If you're uncomfortable with me and Soto fighting, it's not, it it's not like it we is. sit in our production meeting before. It's like, let's be 13% less argumentative today. It's like, it's like, here's our topics, five minutes of what do you want to do? And we're live. So I, yeah, we, it's just- I, 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 I love recommendations. What you like about the show, what you don't yeah. like about the show, what you change, please let us know. Um, and maybe there's some, maybe we can pull back or, Dude, it's, 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 it's not like we go into shows. No, okay, we're gonna fight here. Yeah, it's just a lot. Things have to fall in place for it to happen. This, this is the other part too that you need to understand. You don't realize it because whenever we go into something we disagree about, it lasts thirty minutes and it gets passionate. But Soto and I agree on like eighty-five percent of things. 
It's just that little bit. It's just the, the things we disagree about, we discuss constantly and they go forever. It's like, and it's course. normally big things. It's not little things that we disagree about. It's like big, you which know, which is why we keep coming back to it, right? The yeah. starting quarterback, right? What's the most important fucking thing for a, for a team, right? The starting quarterback, of course, is going to come up a million times. The coach, the, the front the office, coach, right? You know, but like, of let's say like the 50 things we discussed on this show, 48 of them were pretty much in lockstep with each other. Yeah. More or less. It's yeah. just when we do find something we disagree about, we don't let go. We have well, we have trouble you? letting go. Yeah. Gotta be like Elsa. Gotta let it go. Right. Let it go. Sing it, Soto. You don't have any kids. How do you know all these like new Disney terms and songs? Bro, I have you know how many kids I've actually like raised? I read a lot of kids. I have a I lot know. of cousins that are younger. I have a lot of you know, there's nieces and nephews. I got a niece coming on the way, my sister. So it's like <laughs> I've I'm a baby whisperer too. My pets and babies love me. Mm-hmm. Love me. Is that why you have so many cats? Uh, my cats are kind of indifferent towards me. Like my own pets. You know? They're very but cat. Completely indifferent. They're very cat. No, they love All right. Me. That's it for us. Uh, again, one day early. So we'll make sure to crank out some extra videos and stuff for you as the week goes along. We're waiting on Josh Jacobs news. We're waiting on Derek Carr news. We're anything that, you know, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler say at the combine, all news as well. Um, anything big that happens, we'll do it live. Otherwise, um, cranking out the shit that you love. And until then, you're not going to live here with me.